Well, hello, everybody, and happy Monday. It is happy Monday because we're all still here. We're going to be okay. I know that there's lots going on, right? So hope you're uh, doing the things to keep yourself healthy in the home <clears throat> and uh, taking care of your mental health as well. I know that's uh, an issue for a lot of people. There's a lot of different things going on, um, but do your best to stay positive and stay informed, but stay informed properly. Uh, I like to say just get it right from the horse's mouth. Uh, that's what we've been trying to do around here for you as well. We've talked to uh, the chief of police last week, our mayor of Cernia, uh, chief of staff for Blue Water Health. We had our uh, chief paramedic and and just uh, Rob Hardwood from Director Parks. So really trying to keep you connected with what's accurate, okay? Ignore the negative. I know I keep getting uh, cures for the coronavirus in my Facebook Messenger inbox. Stop it. <laughs> just focus on the good, uh, honest media out there uh, to uh, rely on your information, okay? We're going to get through this, um, and the best part of it all is when we come through this, we can breathe a little more, and uh, maybe we're appreciating some of the things that we typically take for granted. We've all talked about don't take things for granted, but even we still do anyway. We don't mean to necessarily, so maybe we're thinking about some of that stuff as well. Could you imagine if we didn't have FaceTime or anything like this, right? like to be able to converse with your children, right? You know, so uh, it's time to be thankful for a lot of things. Uh, I do want to give you a bit of an update, though, uh, as the COVID-19 update that came out earlier today from the Emergency Control Group. It is still uh, growing in Sarnia Lambton. There are now 80 cases and eight fatalities in the Sarnia Lambton area, uh, officially from 11 o'clock this morning from the, uh, the media conference call that I was able to be on. So, just to give you an idea that there still is a problem. And earlier today, uh, I had a live feed from our Premier of Ontario, who was making some more announcements. They were talking about the masks uh, and the situation there and some of the other things that they're doing as well. So uh, they were offering some monies for those who have young children. Uh, I won't get into sharing all that with you, but if you want to find out more about that, you can see the Premier of Ontario giving his announcement on our feed uh, here on the show with David Burrow's page or over on our sister station page, if you will, uh, the Video Show Network. It's there as of a couple hours ago. And if you have any questions about the uh, coronavirus or COVID-19, the City of Sarnia has a hotline. There's a number on your screen. Any questions at all about it? Do not call 911 with your questions. When I had uh, uh, Chief Norm Hansen on here earlier last or last week, I guess it was, um, don't call 911 with your questions. Emergency only as per always, all right? So make sure you're thinking before you dial 911 that it needs to be an emergency, okay? There's the numbers uh, on the screen to call for the hotline. Also go to sarnia.ca. Sarnia.ca has a fantastic page of uh, all the information and resources for um, things that are open, things that are closed, uh, the guidelines, the emergency orders. Of course, our mayor put out uh, a fire or signed an order from our, our fire chief to uh, ban fires. Now, there was some, uh, some people were like, oh, I can't have a barbecue. What's the deal there? Um, it's all on the website at sarnia.ca. And uh, they kind of put some more clarification out there uh, earlier today. The city of Sarnia will be doing a live stream broadcast tomorrow. And uh, if you go to their, the city of Sarnia Facebook page, they'll have the information there. It will be a live broadcast uh, from our mayor, uh, chief and, and fire chief, et cetera. And media will be asking questions as well. But uh, it'll be on the city of Sarnia Facebook page. And we'll also be hosting it uh, here on the show with David Burroughs. And on the Video Show Network, we're going to be hosting that for them as well. That's tomorrow morning. And, again, you get that information at sarnia.ca. Who have we got out there? we got to always go to the comments, say hello. Hello, Ronnie. Nice to have you here joining us. And our friend Dom joining us as well. Hope you gentlemen are keeping well. Dom's actually been uh, – if you haven't heard about the quarantine sessions on Facebook yet, uh, go check it out. Uh, lots of local and musicians from all over the world. It was created by Kevin Churchill, who I interviewed uh, yesterday. And uh, he's, uh, well, he should be very proud of the fact anyway that it's really gone viral. Lots of musicians jumping in and sharing their music and song. And Dom has been in there singing some karaoke as well. He's done about four songs as well. So way to go, Dom. Uh, great to see musicians coming together and just people coming together. 
I'm kind of proud of the fact that everybody's decided to live stream. Been doing it for a while, right? About 10 years I've had the live stream going. It's nice to see more and more people taking advantage of the live streaming and uh, seeing a little bit more value in what live streaming can do uh, to help us all out. Of course, uh, last Friday as well, we had the Friday Night Music Fever, uh, something I started along with K106.3, and we had our second session this past Friday for Local musicians come on live and acoustically play their music and each take a turn. And it's been going so good. We're going to do it again this Friday, April the 10th. Starts at 8 o'clock. You will see it here on the show with David Burroughs page on the Video Show Network. And our friends at K106.3 are going to have it on their Facebook page as well. And they're promoting it uh, all this week again on the radio station. We'll have the announcements of who's going to be performing hopefully waiting for one in particular that uh, might be able to make an appearance for us. So uh, just another way to stay uh, positive and connected in the community here. And I hope these daily broadcasts that I've been bringing have been able to help you out as well. Um, if you're a hockey fan, of course, you know that the OHL Priority Selection happened this past Saturday. And I had a chance to talk with General Manager Nick Sinclair, uh, talking about uh, their 15 new faces that have been added to the Sarnia Sting family. And he even expressed, you know, a little bit of interesting times with what everybody's going through, um, sort of just a different vibe in the whole OHL priority selection. But they're very, very happy with their selections. And I had a good chat with him. Again, you can find that on the show with David Burrell's Facebook page. And uh, it's going to be, uh, well, it's, I mean, time always tells in these things, right? But from what I've seen with the, with the picks that they have, and uh, it was my first time really being involved and observing uh, the draft pick for the OHL. So it was quite an experience for me as well. And I appreciate the Sarnia Sting including me in on that. The OHL priority selection is listed on their website at sarniasting.com. Somebody else saying hello. There we go. I always like to say hello to people uh, sharing their comments. We are live on Facebook, and we're live on YouTube and on Twitter as well. So wherever you're watching from, if you have some questions or comments about what we're talking about here, we've got some great guests coming up here. We're going to be talking in just a moment about Steps for Life, and then we'll be talking about Family Counseling Center and what they're doing in the community and some more music. Anthony from the International Symphony Orchestra is going to be joining me here a little bit later on as well. All right, well, let's go to that. They're waiting patiently here in the lobby and uh you know with with things changing of course with covid-19 and the coronavirus as we as we call it um the the organizations in our community the nonprofit organizations the charitable organizations are also going to uh trying to avoid suffering the financial impact that this is all having on all of us so what kind of things do you do well we're going to talk about that now we're going to bring in mark hi mark how you doing dave I'm doing good. And Eugene, Eugene, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say your last name. It's uh, Gutierrez. Gutierrez. All right. I always like to get somebody's name right. I always have to have Mark how to say his last name. <laughs> it's uh, Railer, yeah. Yeah. No worries. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thanks for being here, gentlemen. I know, uh, as you heard me kind of say there coming into this, that, uh, you know, a lot of nonprofit and, and charitable organizations are feeling the impact financially of, of what's happening with coronavirus. But seeing some creative things happening out there as well. Mark, do you want to start things off and talk about Steps for Life? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, like you said, uh, traditionally, we always have our physical walk, 5K walk, uh, first Saturday in May. And we've had it for the last 10 years down at the, uh, at the Kiwanis Center. Uh, but with COVID-19, uh, we got to kind of try to think of, you know, everyone's safety and this coronavirus is basically another reason uh, for health and safety protection in the workplace, which is what Step is Life, Steps for Life is all about. So uh, this year we're, we're gonna have what we call a virtual walk. And we're hoping that all of our participants in uh, Sarnia Lambton could uh, do a walk on a day of their choice and anywhere they choose in May and then share it through social media and okay. hopefully we can, you know, raise some funds at the same time. But the big, the big piece for us this year is going to be the promotion of what Threads of Life is all about and uh, why the walk is so significant in that manner. 
How many how many years now has the uh, Steps for Life walk been happening? This would be our eleventh year. We've done 10, 10 years in Sarnia, and uh, we've raised over one hundred forty five thousand in those ten years, with over fifteen thousand last year. Wow! Uh, in our walk, so it's a big hole when you think about it. Uh, uh, not having that revenue coming in, but the more significant pact in the the thing that we want, uh, for lack of a better word, try to get out there through promotion. That's why we're very appreciative of, of you allowing us to come on your show, is getting the message out because a lot of people don't realize uh, the support system that's there, and COVID nineteen is just another example of it because people are getting our our we said eight deaths in Sarnia. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not always at work. Some can be at work. We have our frontline uh, workers. We got the people at home, but this is another uh, health and safety thing that affects workers, which is what Steps to Life is is all about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I guess ironically, this is a great demonstration of Steps for Life and how they can be uh, contributors in our community as well. Uh, Eugene, you're here. Um, for a reason you're, you've kind of got a bit of story as to, with steps for life as well tell everybody about that yeah sure um yeah so you know i've been i've been honored to have been asked to be the family spokesperson uh for the sarnia walk uh and really uh, giving an opportunity to share my personal story with workplace tragedy so uh the story goes back to november 2017 where um my father was a mining surveyor and uh, while working underground in the mine, uh, he was struck by mobile equipment and, and was killed instantly. So, wow. um, so I mean, suffice it to say, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, it was unexpected, um, you know, to, to, to make uh, matters really difficult. He was also six months away from retirement. So, mm. um, and that's the thing. It's, it's the, it's this idea of, um, you never know what's going to happen on the workplace, um, even the most safest of places. You, you never know what dangers or, or uh, tragedies are going to lie around the corner. And so um, the thing that many people don't realize is that, uh, you know, um, you don't know what to expect in, until you find yourself in that situation. And right. So, um, so when I found Threads of Life, uh, the organization behind the, the fundraiser walk, um, I realized that Oh my God! Like there's a community of people that number one they they understand uh, what it means to go through these tragedies. They understand um, you know the process because that's the other thing too. Our our family had no idea what to expect as far as dealing with the Ministry of Labor, WSIB, dealing with the investigation process. So incredibly supportive uh, community. But um, you know I I found myself just wanting to learn more about the organization and and getting involved so that way no other families would have to experience uh, what my family went through. And so um, the Steps for Life uh, event that uh, Mark was just uh, speaking about um, is a great opportunity to spread that awareness. And, and you know, my participation as far as sharing my personal story is that um, that, that way, you know, your loved ones, uh, ourselves included, that, uh, you know, we, we can go to work and come back home uh, safely and, uh, yeah. and be injured or, or worse, um, you know, uh, get killed on the job. So, yeah. Well, uh, and I, I guess, you know, the, the obvious uh, thing that uh, was something, and it's not always a death that is, is, is tragic, but that's, a, that's an extreme, right? Obviously. But, uh, and we would obviously go, okay, there's an emotional impact on that, obviously. But like you said, it's one of those things we don't really think about what do I do? Like you said, Ministry of Labor. I never even would have thought, oh, yeah, I'd have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And insurances and and the financial impact on a family as well, depending on the situation. It could leave somebody a, a single parent, yeah. um, young children. You know, how how was this program able to, to help you and your family with that? Yeah, um, I mean, exactly what you said, Dave. I mean, there's there, there's certainly a, a ripple effect, a domino effect that happens where, um, you know, you, you don't even know where to start. And so uh, we found ourselves just trying to figure out, like, okay, when are we going to receive information as far as the investigation? Uh, yeah. who, do we, who do we talk to next? What can we expect as far as um, the following events that will unfold? Uh, and even now, like our... our um, you know, our family, it's been, you know, it's been a few years and uh, we're thankfully getting to a place where we're going to have the, the final inquest, the, the presentation of here, here are the findings of the investigation, what happened. And, and then more importantly, the, the remedies or, or suggestions of things to put in place. So that way 
that tragedy doesn't happen again. So, you know, an organization like like Threads of Life, because I mean, unfortunately, it's the it's the what they say it's the family that you don't want to belong to because obviously the circumstances, whether it's right. a fatality or illness or a life altering injury. But the thing is, um, because they've gone through it, um, they've been extremely. Um, uh, helpful in providing, you know, valuable knowledge, uh, family support. Uh, so, um, you know, in the first year, I had a family volunteer guide of which uh, I would speak to on a daily basis, just just to talk, just to kind of go, hey, I'm feeling this way. Uh, am I going crazy? Um, no, yeah. not. So, you know, having peer support programs, events like Steps for Life to meet other families, to, to raise that awareness. Um, there's things like the Family Forum in which, um, you know, um, families, uh, individuals can come together and partake in workshops to to kind of help aid that that grieving, that okay. uh, yeah, coping mechanisms and, and strategies to kind of help navigate, you know, your new normal, so to speak. So, um, so a lot of great services. And again, those services would not be made possible uh, without the, the gracious, um, funds that that are raised through events like Steps for Life. Right. Well, you already have an impact of, uh, there, Eugene, because you can see our friend Joel. He says, uh, you know, it sounds like a great cause, and thanks for sharing your story. Hopefully we can prevent further accidents. Um, I mean, nobody likes accidents or tragedies uh, in any place, never mind the workplace, right? Mark, uh, let's come back to you. Talk about uh, how did how – did, uh, Threads for Life and the Steps for Life, how did they all become to intermingle and where did it all come from and get started uh, in the Sarnia-Lampton area? Well, in the Sarnia-Lampton area, it's like Steps for Life is a, a fundraiser, for lack of a better word, for Threads for Life. And Threads of Life was uh, came out of uh, the founder, Shirley Hickman, basically founded it based on her own tragedy because when when she lost her son, uh, there was nothing out there. And so she said there was a need, uh, lack of need. And that's kind of where it's grown. And, you know, Eugene started mentioning some of the, the key uh, components of how it's helped his families. Well, if you think of that, uh, there, there's lots of families all across uh, Canada that it's helped. And I, I'm not exactly sure on the number, but I think I've I've seen something in the neighborhood of about 90,000 uh, families have been assisted uh, in communities across Canada. Wow! And, and so that's it's huge, but I would probably say the number is probably two or three times more that have had tragedies that aren't aware of the services that are out there and they're not taking advantage of uh of the steps for life or the threads of life programs and uh you know i know they like eugene mentioned ministry of labor and i know the ministry of labor mentions it at the time of the incident but everyone is kind of in distraught at that time and how much of that actually gets you know remembered and that's why the walk is so important because this is our our visual and that's why you know we didn't want to cancel it all together with you know the COVID-19 and yeah. we feel it's even more important now and that's why we're going with the virtual walk. So for for moving on with that conversation then uh, how did you get involved uh, what's the connection with you and and steps or threads for life? For myself uh, yeah. I've been fortunate and you know knock on wood that there's not no uh, personal family. I just been a, a big advocate for safety, health and safety. And I was involved with the, what used to be the, uh, uh, the old, uh, trying to remember, think of the name now, but now it's the WSPS workplace safety preventative service. Oh, okay. But it was, uh, I don't remember the old name, but anyways, uh, and through one of their safety meetings, uh, they brought up that they were doing, they were uh, going to start this up in Sarnia. So I got involved, uh, you know, 11 years ago. It was just, it seemed like a good fit for you, right? Yeah. yeah. And very, you know, very passionate about it. And, you know, and like to see the help that's going on with families. And I like to, in my, my, my sense, try to prevent it from happening to other families. Certainly, certainly. Um, the the link between families. Well, I, I I can tell you from my experience, and and like you, I, I haven't 
unfortunately uh, had to go through anything like that. What I found interesting, though, is, uh, uh, and, and Eugene, this goes back to what you said about it. It's one of those things where until it happens to you, like I don't walk around to myself and going, oh, threads for life. And, you know, like until yeah. wham, one day, I guess is a way to describe it. Um, how many people in our community are affected by this? Mark, you and I know a lot of people and we know a lot of the same people. And, you know, I've, I've been out and observed a couple of the walks and, and uh, you know, talked to some other people like Carolyn. And it's like, wow, you, you just don't, this could really re just affect anybody at any moment in time because it's always that it doesn't happen to me it's always it happens to the neighbor right and and yeah. i guess that's uh that's how it came around about for you right eugene i mean i'll, I'll be honest like uh before before the tragedy uh falling on our family i mean you know i um i i've got a desk job i uh you know um you know my father Uh-oh, he froze. Froze, yeah. <laughs> Lost him. Eugene, if you can hear us, we'll get you to refresh and come on back in. Um, but, but, Mark, I guess I'll lean on you to carry on what, what he was uh, trying to say there. You know, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. And the thing is, too, it's not just the immediate ones. A lot of the, the incidents are from uh, long-term health effects. So you have your asbestosis and, you know, lead poisoning and things like that, that may not occur till, you know, 30 years after exposure. Yeah. Right. Eugene, good to have you back. Yeah. yeah sorry. I dropped out there, but uh, there's a lot yeah. of people on the internet today, Eugene. I don't yeah. Know apparently, why. apparently I wonder why, <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I just, I was just mentioning that, you know, I, you know, my, my, my dad had been doing the same job for 30 years without incident. I, I've got an office job. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, for, for a long period of time, I, you know, I, yeah, I would hear stories about tragedy on the radio or on TV or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, don't get me wrong. Like my heart goes out whenever I hear that. Uh, and then, yeah, you just don't know what it's like until it hits you. And I mean, honestly, it literally was just a shock to the system to kind of go like, there, there, there yeah. we go. It, it actually happened. Something that, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I thought, you know, my old man that, um, you know, when I got the news, I, I thought it was like, oh crap, like he, he got a heart attack. Uh, but you know, was not expecting that. Oh, that he could actually die on the job, and and so there you go. So even though it might not impact you directly, uh, what I tell people, especially in my industry, where you know I work in marketing and advertising, where I mean it's primarily desk based and what have you. It's like don't think about necessarily what could happen to you at your workplace. Think about aunts, uncles. Um, you yeah. know, parents of friends, grandparents, or whatever the case may be. Like, uh, you know, um, it might not affect you directly, but, you know, as we mentioned previously, it, it, there is a ripple effect. Um, and even for my, my dad's co-workers, like I said, it's been a few years. And, um, you know, some of them are still dealing with uh, post-traumatic stress from, from the event uh, that happened. So. Yeah. Well, and, and it's... it's uh... It's usually some tiny little thing that was overlooked that caught, that's why we call it an accident, right? Because it wasn't an on purpose. It was an accident. Somebody didn't do something or something didn't go right or something wasn't implemented or, you know, um, and that's why, you know, the health and safety and, and all these companies is so important. I mean, um, got me thinking. I mean, I have a son. He works in a, in a, a warehouse of a retail outlet just doing deliveries, but a forklift is involved. Yep. Um, there's other people around and you like, and if I'm confident that he's been trained, well, I don't know. What about the other guy? Did he get trained properly? Like there's all these questions, um, that are being created in this conversation, but I guess, unfortunately, those questions don't come up to somebody like you, Eugene, until it actually happens. And you, then you go back, right? Yeah. Did you, did you go back to a lot of that and go like, why was the big yeah. question? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, even even when it first happened, I mean, like I said, my, my father had been working, you know, for 30 years and, you know, no issues, no, no cause for any um, concern that, you know, he, he's not going to come home, you know, from from work. And so when it happened, yeah, the, the biggest question in my mind was like, why? How, how did it happen? Where did it go wrong? And, and even now, um, as we prepare for the, the inquest to, to kind of understand the findings of what the, the Ministry of Labor had, had uh, you know, pulled together, um, yeah. 
you know, that those are those are those are answers that I'm looking for because um, you know, here's the thing. The reality is that my dad's never going to come back. Like no no facts, no inv investigations going to bring him back. But what 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 will help me is just to kind of understand the why, but then really more importantly, how can we how can we prevent this so, you know, right. to this point that no other family experiences something like that? Because it's, you know what, it's it's awful. And I mean, we use the word accident. Um, you know, I would agree that, you know, for the most part, no, no one goes into work thinking, oh, you know, let's go no. kill some people, right? It's yes, yeah. it's it's an accident. We choose to use the word tragedy because we we collectively feel that it's it's a preventable event. Yeah. Right. I agree with you on that. I like that you brought that up. I actually, and I know I just said that word. I've never really been a fan of the word accident. Um, you know, like car accident, for example. You know, if there's two people involved in a car accident, it, it wasn't an accident. It was somebody did something in error. They didn't look both ways before the car. Like something happened. And I'm not here to point blame. I'm just saying. Oh, for sure. But an accident, yeah, I've never, I agree with you. And, and, and then when it affects families, of course huge tragedy um no, no matter what the situation it doesn't even remember what what age is at if there's children involved and like yeah i just uh again haven't gone through that knock on wood mark you know yeah, yeah. i mean i, I hope yeah. you guys never have to go through it yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and just to add there that's the, the 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 big piece with uh threads of life is because we do have our insurance for lack of a better word the wsib yeah. for if you know if someone was to to die but there was never anything for the people that were impacted from the accident that aren't necessarily injured themselves but i've obviously been hurt so someone like eugene his 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 children his wife you know all of a sudden you know where's your support system and that's what this is all about it's that peer support it's the you know the family forums it's all of the programs that they have in place to help help people grieve and everybody grieves differently certainly yeah for sure well i think it's great that you've been able to adapt this and uh, i know some other organizations that walks are really uh, uh important to organizations they've become great because of the health aspect side of it the social aspect side of it but i think it's great you've been able to adapt this into a virtual uh walk so uh thank you gentlemen if people want to find out more uh mark where should they go to the facebook or yeah they should go to our facebook page so go facebook.com slash steps for life uh sarnia uh they can also you know reach out to me if they want they can uh you know send me an email my email address is the number four m-a-r-k-r-o-e-h-l-e-r at gmail.com and uh, by all means, uh, what we want everyone is to share. And if they can use the, the hashtag, my why, my way, that would be uh, perfect. And, you know, share that through Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and get them get the message out. And that is the big piece that we're obviously they can still donate. They can still go to our uh, online website, too, for the. I should uh, http uh, double slash events dot threads of life dot ca slash steps for life uh, hyphen Sarnia and you can actually register at no cost and create a team and you know share with us and if you want to donate you can donate online from there as well. All right, sounds good. We'll post all of those links uh, after the show here as well on our Facebook page. So if folks want to get registered, uh, Eugene, anything last uh, you want to put out there before I move on? Uh, you know what? Um, just other than you know, thank you for having us and, and and having the opportunity to to spread awareness and and for me to share my story again. Like I said, I I certainly hope that you guys don't experience what uh, what I went through firsthand, and for that matter, uh, any of your viewers. I, I certainly hope that you guys don't go through it. Um, but uh, you know, the good news or the silver lining, I guess, in all this is that uh, everything that we can do from from this day on forward is uh, it's an opportunity to save a life. So uh, so thank you. Thank you both, uh, Eugene and Mark, and uh, stay safe uh, in this time, and, uh, and I hope the virtual walk goes uh, very well for you. Take care, gentlemen. All right. Thank, thank you. Mike. You're welcome.
All right. Two gentlemen talking about to us with the Steps for Life uh, coming up all throughout May. And you can go online and register. We're going to share that with you. It's Steps for Life, F-O-R, Life on Facebook. Uh, great place to start and get the information. All the website uh, information will be there as well. But again, everybody we're talking to here today, make sure you check out after the show. We'll be posting their links so you can uh, get the updated information as well. All right. Well, you're talking about coronavirus and we talk a little bit about mental health. There are many who can't get out. I mean, you know, you can still get out for a walk. I know stay home, but go for a walk around the block. But there are many who can't get out or don't have families around and they really need that support as well. Family Counseling Center has been offering some services for many years. And now we're going to bring on Donna Martin from the Family Counseling Center to talk about some very special things, including Telcheck. How are you doing, Donna? I'm great. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for being here. And um, I mean, I'm glad to have you here anytime, but these are that's that, that famous word, unprecedented times. Yeah. Well, I was really impressed um, at the beginning of um, the planning stage of keeping the distress line and telcheck programs going in spite of the coronavirus happening. Um, I think I was posting, I knew that one of the challenges for me was to get the word out there that we are still operating and we are still supporting people in our community. So I think it was about 12, 10 in the morning on the 13th, I sent out a Facebook post and was tagging people and I got a response from you back right away saying, Hey, you want to be on the show? <laughs> and so I was, so I, think I was up late. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we are both kind of, working 24 seven, um, you know, just trying to, to keep our, our programs going. So I was really impressed. And I think what I said to you was it's a little bit early. Um, why don't we wait a couple of weeks until I see kind of how this is yeah. all going to unfold. And so I really appreciated that, oh, that no you problem. reached out to me again and, and um, got me booked in. So thank you. Well, it's important, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, I have uh, mom and dad still and they're older. They're, they're in an interesting home. They're being looked after, but I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people, I have friends who are younger too, who are limited to accessible uh, things and getting out, especially with things going on right now. So the Family yeah. Counseling Center has got some great services. That, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And at a time when so many of the, the programs um, and services are being canceled and programs yeah. or agency or agencies and businesses are closing down, it's really important that we do get the word out about those um, organizations that are still able to support people in, in the community. So with regards to the Family Counseling Centre, we're continuing to provide professional counseling uh, services, but instead of the typical face-to-face -face sessions, we are now providing that support over the phone. Um, so for anybody out there, new or existing clients, people who are struggling with the stresses and worries and concerns about the coronavirus and about their loved ones, or perhaps you've lost a loved one, um, you can reach out to the Family Counseling Center and just leave a detailed voice message. The number is 519-336-0120, and someone will get back to you about a counseling appointment. And then with regard to um, the Telcheck program, so currently we're serving 96 clients. We, which means we're calling out to 96 primarily seniors every day. Last year, we made over 31,000 calls and wow. we're expecting, yeah, we're certainly expecting that number to rise. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So we know that there are a lot of people still who are out there who are isolated, who depend on the support of others or don't have other people that they can reach out to, that it's important to get this information out to them. So I'm really hoping that your viewers are going to learn something about Telcheck today and will share to those, you know, it could be their um, neighbors or yeah. family members that they don't get to reach out to very often. But well, I'm, it's I'm simple. The word yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll keep sharing it uh, throughout all this, uh, you know, after this interview today on its Facebook page. Um, so, so I've had some conversation about this with other people in, in the Family Counseling Center. Um, some people I know that are volunteers as well. Um, and a couple stories have been shared with me. I mean, no names or anything, but mm -hmm. that were shared, but they were just like, Oh, I got this call and I, 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 that I had to do. And they were just so grateful and really saving some lives here. Like just that, just that phone call. 
And I wonder if, uh, you know, uh, and I know that the uh, the Telcheck uh, volunteers, uh, you're not just bringing anybody in. They come in, they go through full extensive training on how to talk to whatever you do, right, I'm sure. Uh, and But is there something that we can do too? Should we just be picking up the phone and just calling some people that maybe we haven't talked to in a while to just say hello? Well, actually, that's one of the primary things that I think we can do. And I know that the people in my circle are doing that already. Um, I've reached out to friends of mine who I may not get to talk to very often just to, to check in and, and see how they're doing. And we've started um, using Zoom, Zoom or um, uh, messaging, you know, and to, so that we can do that FaceTime and actually see each other. And I think we're hearing a lot about that. And I think that's a big piece that we can do for people in our community, for sure. Yeah. A simple hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a long way with people. It just makes them, uh, we, we had a friend yesterday, it was her birthday. And uh, we got in our vehicle and we drove, she has a long driveway. And we, we texted her and said, uh, look out the window. And we beeped the horn and, hey, happy birthday. And you know what? She texted us later and she's like, you have no idea what that meant yeah. to me. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So um, yeah, those kind of little story. things, right? Yeah. And people are being very creative these days. Actually a story that my sister shared with me that I thought was brilliant. So she lives on her own and she has um, neighbors next door and they have three young kids from age probably seven to 16. And throughout the years um, when it's family holiday time, uh, they would communicate with each other through their homes. So my sister's dining room window faces their living room window. And so Christmas morning, they'll write messages on the windows, etc. So um, with this COVID-19 um, virus happening and people social isolating, one of the, um, I think it was the younger son of the neighbor, it was his birthday. And so my sister um, connected with them. They each got their portable phones going on speakerphone and they ended up um, playing um, Pictionary on their windows with dry erase markers <laughs> as a way to communicate, you know? We have a great big, huge window here. So we're gonna yeah. have a, we're, people come, that's what a great idea. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? So, you know, it was interesting when um, when I heard and when it was becoming clearer that the virus was coming to Sarnia Lambton, yeah. I reached out to our director and I, I just expressed my concern about keeping both Telcheck and Distress Line going and that I knew we could do it by having the volunteers working out of their homes because we have an online database that helps keep everything organized for us. And um, I just expressed that I, I really felt that I needed to start working at home right away so that I could figure out how to make this all work and get it streamlined by the yeah. time that it really hit. And so he agreed and they got me, you know, access from home, sent me home with a laptop and um, I reached out to the volunteers and I was just blown away. They, they just stepped up immediately. We haven't skipped a beat in, in, in actuality, we have enhanced our service. So not only are we making all of our telecheck calls every day and every evening, we've had um, more volunteers stepping forward, working more shifts. I've had volunteers come out of retirement saying, what can I do to help? Oh, wow. So they're all, you know, they just jumped right in. And so with the distress line, typically we only have one volunteer on call throughout the day or the night. And now we've got enough for most of our shifts to have a backup person. Um, so that means if someone calls in on the distress line and a volunteer is busy with someone, then that person will get bumped to a second volunteer. So in all actuality, we're, we're able to manage every call that comes in. So it, if you if both lines are busy, the caller will get a message that the volunteers are on another call. Please call back in a short while. So we're really have been able to enhance the services to meet the needs of the community. Right now, the the can I, let me ask you about the training there a little bit. Um, is that something sure. that I guess like that happens once a year, twice a year? Or 
if somebody did want to get involved, uh, can they, are you still looking for volunteers? Yeah. So for the distress line, and so that's a 24-hour um, telephone support line that people can call in on. With the TelCheck program, we call out to seniors who are right. um, our clients, right? So for the distress line, if you want to become a volunteer for that program, it's a four-week program. We meet two evenings a week, Mondays and Thursdays from 6.30 until 9.30 for the four-week period. Um, so we cover a lot of topics. First and foremost, communication, because really what our primary role is, is to be a sounding board, to listen, to be there to support people. We talk a lot about grief. Um, people, you know, even going, even with this COVID-19, I think a lot of people aren't connecting the dots that what many of us are experiencing yeah. in addition to our day-to-day -day stressors is loss. So that loss of ability to be able to get, you know, come and go as you please, go to the grocery store without having, you know, a second thought, should I wear masks? Should I wear gloves? Um, that loss of camaraderie, you know, just being able to connect with your neighbors and friends. So um, what we're hearing from both our telcheck clients and our distress line callers is that underlying sense of loss. And then there's fear and anxiety um, layered yeah. on top of that. So our volunteers have to be able to recognize loss. We, we talk about uh, domestic violence. We've already had calls from some women who are now shut in with their abuser. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Nowhere right? to go, for real. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Um, suicide. I had a really young person call the other day. They couldn't get through to the kids' helpline. And they were so sad. They were thinking about suicide. My heart just broke for this person. Now, sure. it ended up that everything worked out fine. There were supports in place, both professional and family. It was it worked out in the end. But, yeah. um, you know, people are struggling. We're having uh, people call about loved ones who they are, are concerned about their depression. So we talk a lot about mental health in our training. Um, and then, so that's distress line. If you want to be a volunteer for the TelCheck program, then it's a one day training that people can participate in. So depending on how long this pandemic lasts in our community, yeah. depending on how long we have to do this work from home, I may have to look at different ways to provide that training online for people who do want to volunteer yeah very good well i think it's a fantastic program i i've, I've known about it for a good two mm -hmm. or three years now um and uh it's I've heard a lot of great things about it it's really a super important program uh, in our community i don't think enough people know about it but that's no. why we're here today we're working on mm -hmm. that so um let's just go back to the number so this number here is to make a counseling appointment the three three six counseling appointment yeah Three three six zero one two zero, or okay. if you want to refer someone to the TelCheck program, right. or you'd like to self-refer, just call that number and leave a voicemail message. Actually, you can um, ask for or press extension two five one, or just okay. leave a message at the main number. But I will get the message and I will reach out to you as soon okay. as possible. Yeah. And then the distress line is available twenty four hours a day. Twenty four um, hours a day. Yeah. for everybody in the community that's yeah. important to know as well and, and if they want to find out more there's the uh, website as well yeah and so the wonderful things that our volunteers do is especially with the telcheck clients is we give people time to express their worries and concerns and then we start talking about lighter things so that we can end that call on a more positive note so yeah. That our so that they can get a good night's sleep and not be worried. And we also provide a lot of referrals to our clients through this. So we appreciate the Lambton Public Health um, for providing up-to-date information. The Lambton, um, Sarnia Lambton Social Services Network are maintaining an up-to-date listing of um, the programs that so of the social service agencies continue to provide. And so that's what we're using to share with our clients. Very good. Donna, thank you so much for uh, spending time here today and, uh, and sharing more of this information. I think it's really important uh, what you do at the, uh, you and your team uh, uh, do at the Family Counseling Center. So, uh, and reach out anytime, even if it's not always an interview, happy to keep getting the information okay. out there. And, and even if it's two in the morning, it's okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate this. You're, you're, is there anything else you want to throw out there before we go? Um, 
No, I think just that the volunteers are incredible. And thanks to the United Way, by the way, yes. I knew right away that I was not going to be able to manage all of this on my own. We reached out to them right in the beginning for um, emergency funding. They answered our cries yeah. and have provided us with funding. So now I can um, provide some work for a couple of very um, busy volunteers uh, to help me out to keep the programs running. So I'm really appreciating the, the United yeah. Way. Fantastic. Donna, thank you again. Uh, all well, the best to you and your team and uh, stay thanks. safe. Okay. Okay. You as well. Bye, okay. Dave. Donna Martin, once again, from the Family Counseling Center, uh, the Telcheck program and the counseling pro it's a fantastic organization, and it's great to see that they're able to continue to support our community in these uh, adapting times, right? There's the phone number on the screen. If you want to make an appointment or refer someone to Telcheck or refer yourself, there's the number to call. And then uh, the 24-hour distress line, you may or may not know have known about that, and that's why we're here today, 336-3000, 24 hours a day. I'm guessing the lines are more active than normal, but as Donna said, if you do get a voicemail, make sure you leave a message. They will call you back, all right, 24 hours. So thanks again, Donna Martin, and to you and your team, uh, keep up the great work. All right, well, again, uh, let's move over to uh, the music side of things. Music is an international, worldwide language, in my opinion, and we've got some great performers here in Sarnia in many different ways, and this time <laughs> we're going to talk about the International Symphony Orchestra and Executive Director Anthony Wing. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, David. Absolutely, and you look like, are you going to play us a little tune right now, or...? <laughs> I <laughs> uh, thought we'd have a chat. I uh, thought it would be uh, uh, it would be a pretty good backdrop for us anyway. Absolutely. Well, we're here to talk about music and uh, a special event coming up. Um, like everybody else, the International Symphony Orchestra has had to make some changes. Uh, yes, but uh, I really I I, uh, I really enjoyed the interview we just saw. Uh, the, because of the import, the um, the, uh, the what you pointed out as uh, the importance of a simple hello, yeah, during this period, and um, so we've been doing it, uh, you know, in the, in the way that we know how, and and according to our mandate for the uh, for the bridge communities. So we're saying hello with with music whenever we can. Yeah, and um, uh, I'm not sure if people know, but you're you're in a new, a fairly new location in uh, downtown right. Sarnia now, right? That's right. We're at. Uh, it was a dance studio once, uh, opposite uh, opposite the former Taylor's Furniture, um, and uh, we uh, we moved in last June. Uh, but uh, you know, it looked like a landfill for about three months, and then finally <laughs> it uh, it became the ISO bar. And uh, what we wanted to do was. Uh, uh, create kind of a cultural center and catch more light on uh, the organization. Yeah. So we also put an art gallery here um, and it was set up for small events um, and uh, with more truncated on, on ensembles. And uh, we uh, began a singer songwriter series back in December where we featured uh, Bill Eldridge and uh, we uh, arranged his original music uh, for the ISO strings. So we were, uh, you know, you know, and that sold out, went very, very well. So Bill's, we Bill's fantastic, a very talented fellow. Oh, that's right. And uh, uh, since it went so well, we were scheduled to do it uh, with Jim Chevalier on uh, the first Friday, April 3rd, which has just passed. Yeah. So that is one of our uh, postponements, which we're living with now, and our uh, subscribers too. So what we've decided to do during this time outside of a very, 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 very active uh, social media uh, is uh, we're uh, going to get Bill to uh, reprise his appearance in uh, December, but in but inside an empty room uh, with the musicians, very very few, uh, properly distanced, and it will be uh, streamed on Facebook and on YouTube. And uh, Bill and I are working out a system where whereby uh, it will be recorded uh, by people in London, and the lights will be done by people in Winnipeg. Oh, wow, that's fantastic. Modern technology at work. I'll say. Hey, how about that? Yeah. Um, and uh, so we're putting it together as these things go. Uh, there's quite a saturation of um, uh, impromptu music and streams on, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on Facebook now. Yep. From, the, uh, from the most professional of, uh, you know, of, you know, of orchestras 
and uh, your singer-songwriters to uh, to people who uh, got bored uh, with the isolation and just dragged out their old uh, guitar. It is everywhere. That is a wonderful thing. You you can uh, you can get music now live, you know, throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so what we're going to do is uh, more of a um, uh, periodic because we don't know how long this thing is uh, is is going to uh, uh, last. We don't know. Uh, uh, everything is in such a holding pat pattern. We had decided that maybe if uh, if we could do properly distanced uh, events from the ISO bar, then we were going to try it. So Bill will uh, will be our first feature. Well, uh, like I said, uh, you couldn't really pick a better guy to start things off. I'm sure there were a lot of choices, but Bill is – I've known Bill a long time, a uh, very talented uh, musician. It would be nice to hear uh, and see some of his uh, uh, original works um what on the technical side of all of this you must have some uh some great minds working together to uh, i mean i've been live streaming for a long time so you know there can be yeah. technical challenges along the way so you must have a really good team in place to help uh, support you with all of this we do but uh but there is also the matter of um people having to work in uh you know shifts so, you know so as we don't get too many people together now you know right yeah uh, uh the uh, what we're, what we're, you know, since we postponed the Chevalier and the orchestra's March and April concert series, we've been staying so active with the, uh, with the social media, just on an individual basis. So, uh, so the orchestra members are, you know, submitting to us short videos of, um, of their practice sessions for the, for the concerts that did not take place. And we're posting those and they're submitting their playlists uh, whatever stuff that they're listening to, you know, throughout this period, and we're posting that on our on our YouTube channel. So that is uh, that is a remarkably simple way to keep in touch, uh, because you keep the distance. So uh, so so we had to move a bit more slowly uh, by um, with the, the idea of using the room. So people are uh, uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a quantum thing, just a little bit at a time, and then. When we're ready to 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 put on the concert, then we'll announce it with the with uh, with uh, with the 24 hours to go. Yeah. Uh, although I'm betting David Burroughs might 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 be hearing about it a bit earlier. <laughs> it's possible we'd be, anyway. We'd yeah. we'd be I'd be happy to hear about it a little bit early, and then we'll make sure we we promote it and get it out there for everybody. I think. Yeah. Well, I I think I mean of course I'm partial to live streaming, right? I tell I I've, I've been saying, yeah. oh, everybody's a live streaming expert all of a sudden, which I think is great. I think it's uh, nice to see people recognizing the live tool um, coming out of all of this. Um, and you know, like I say, we don't really know personally myself, and people don't like it when I say it. I'm predicting it about six months. Um, but anyway, coming out of all of this, when we are allowed to get back out and uh, shake hands or say hello face to face, do you see the International Symphony uh, continuing and on with the live stream program as well? Oh yes. Uh, well, well, the, um, uh, this is what we had planned. It's just that this has occasioned uh, a bit of a hastening of it. We've just sped up. Uh, the process. Yeah, uh, you're live from the you're live from the ISO bar. Uh, was 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 going to be a you know a, a, a you know a, you know thing for us, but but now it's live from the empty ISO bar, and and we may even keep the name. Who knows? Yeah. But the uh, uh, what I would like to um, what I would like to get across to members of the community who may have been following us, uh, and of course uh, our uh, our, um, you know, our our subscribers. And people who have only just uh, begun to uh, uh, only just begun to get into the symphony, uh, uh, this is a time when it's all hands on on the deck. So, you know, so cultural agencies like ours are you know, hoping to um, uh, endure. And uh, so, just if you just keep an eye on our website and on our Facebook and all the platforms, when you find out <clears throat> uh, what we plan to do for next season, when everyone gets a good enough idea on when people will be able to go out safely again. Then we'll announce what we're going to do and we'll announce the orchestra schedule uh, as well as keeping the ISO bar going. But like the most important thing is the ISO bar supports the orchestra. So when we announce that, the, you know, the best way you can help this agency and to keep it as an educational resource in the community uh, is just to think about getting a subscription just, you know, just down the road. 
because uh, at this stage, uh, you know, it's up in the air. So if you just, you know, keep on looking at our um, social media, you'll get a lot of music and you'll get a lot of, uh, um, you'll get a simple hello, you know, in the intervening months. I think it's a, a fantastic uh, idea. And uh, again, it's nice to see the organization adapting to the times and, um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it is another way to say hello. Music says hello in so many ways, right? I'm, I've been oh, around yeah, music all my time. life uh, as well. So I can certainly appreciate it. How did you, uh, how did you become to be involved in the, uh, the ISO and then become executive director? Um, it was, uh, uh, I became acquainted with, um, my predecessor and, uh, Ann Brown, who, uh, was director for uh, uh, for 30 years uh, when I um, approached her to see if I could do a piano concerto with the uh, symphony. Uh, and that's how we met. Uh, the strange thing here is that uh, is that when I came in, we were speaking about the possibility of it. Um, this is about two years ago, two and a half years ago. And I had just done Hunchback in Notre Dame in the pit yeah. uh, with the orchestra at the Imperial. And uh, so I kind of wanted uh, to try something with the um, with the orchestra, and she said, "I babysat you." <laughs> and yeah, and so I went home and um, and I called my mom and I said, "I just talked to Ann Brown of like the orchestra today," and she said she babysat me, and my mom said she did, darling. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so it was true, and I had I had no clue. So you know, I guess at that point the writing was pretty much on the wall, David. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then it became clear that uh, um, uh, it became clear that we had to um, we had to get a new location. Uh, there was a um, we were in a heritage house on Vital Street for years. Yeah, um, and uh, and Elise was up. So all these huge changes had to be done, and she thought it, would, uh, uh, it might be a good time for uh, uh, for an exit strategy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I came in in October of 18 and, uh, uh, in that way, uh, uh it was, uh, it was uh, taking on an organization which operates in both countries. So we're taking on a lot. Every yeah. day is a new learning experience and musically, uh, uh, musically, I'm still a kid inside a candy store. So very, <laughs> very lucky. Well, and, uh, you could have had a better mentor really. And I've known her for many years as well. And, uh, uh, had some interviews with her, and some of my most favorite interviews with her was when the camera wasn't on, and we just uh, we sat in that uh, I guess the great room there of the the old place and uh, had some conversations. Yeah. And if, at least if she said to you she was babysitting, uh, she probably said it in a very sweet voice. <laughs> oh, my, oh, uh, uh, yeah, she was alarmingly sweet. She yeah. was. She was. Uh, I felt the greatest cultural fed figure in Sarnia Lampton, uh, you know, who I, who I had ever met. I was, I was, I was fascinated with her leadership um, and with her, uh, with her spirit. She had such a beautiful spirit, uh, the way she led. And, um, uh, and, uh, and she kept the orchestra, uh, uh, you know, you know, evolving. So, so, so that what I, what I came into was a very strong musical or organization, you know, able to do more and more and ambitious material every year. And that's because of Anne. Yeah, 100%. Anthony, thank you so much for your time here today. And uh, congratulations on putting together this live stream. And uh, I'll be keeping an eye out for the email or the message to know when this is happening. We, to, we can yeah, uh, we'll stay in touch. And I got to do something like. Uh, I love it. Maybe we'll do a David Burroughs theme, uh, theme song. We'll try to work it out together. Yeah, I need a theme song. I, 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 I'm not, yeah, okay, I'll take you up on that. Piano's, okay. piano's my thing, too. I like that. So take care, right Anthony, on. and uh, yeah, stay thanks, you know, thanks again. See you soon. No problem. Anthony Wing, Executive Director for the International Symphony Orchestra right here in Cernia, and also taking uh, care of two sides of the border. But uh, adapting, like a lot of people are having to with the coronavirus, you can check them out online at the uh, iso.org. And again, we'll be posting all of the links. Thanks to all of my guests for being here, to uh, Mark and Eugene here talking about the uh, Steps for Life walk, the virtual walk in support of Threads for Life. Of course, our friend Donna Martin from the Family Counseling Center. And we'll 
uh, talk about more about sharing that. Uh, sorry, what am I trying to say? The phone number is what I was trying to say. The 24-hour distress line phone number. And then, of course, Anthony Wing from the International Symphony Orchestra getting ready to do a live stream coming up later this week. I'll have the scoop by the sounds of it on there. So thank you all so much uh, for being here. And listen, I know uh, these are trying times, and some people are taking this differently at all different levels. I can tell you I, I'm in touch with the, 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 the health officials uh, directly, and you got to take this seriously. Um, even uh, Premier Ford said the other day, don't be going over to your friend's house and sitting down and having a beer, even if they're at the other end of the cut. Like, just stay home unless it's essential. It's really important. Um, so I hope you're taking this very seriously. It's the only way we're going to get through all of this. And we're far from over, I, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, do what you can to stay in touch. Use FaceTime. And if you don't know how to use FaceTime, learn how to use FaceTime or Facebook uh, video on your messenger. There's all kinds of ways to take care of each other. The music's out there, the distress line's out there, and uh, we hope that you're going to stay out there with us. I'll be back here again next Monday, and every day it seems like I've got some other things coming up here as well. Thanks so much, everybody, for being here. That's all the time i got for you this week. Have a great week and an even better weekend. I'll see you next time right here on the show. Bye for now.